Yeah, welcome to uh, Transistor Radio. Yes. This is Chip Chat with uh, Doug and Dylan. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome to our first episode, and we're we're really excited today to talk to you about TSMC. We've actually been uh, not allowed to talk to each other about TSMC yet because of how excited we are. Yeah, we we just wanted this conversation to be incredibly organic. If if we had talked to each other like we normally do, we would have just all caps yelling at each other. Yeah, no, I mean, I did do all caps yelling at you already. Uh, pretty pretty stoked. Um, yeah, so you want to just get into it? The Yeah, so so uh, the big news, of course, is that uh, TSMC is raising their, their estimates for long-term by a lot, um, yeah. going to, you know, eh. <laughs> well, no, just keep talking, dude. No, so it's essentially the the big news is that forty to forty four billion for capex, and they're they're guiding their long term revenue for fifteen to twenty percent um, long term. Whatever that means is up to you, but um, you know, astute readers or people that notice is uh, historically their ten year revenue caker is fourteen percent, so it's kind of a big deal if you think about it. That implies an acceleration uh, for the largest foundry in the entire world. And that's that's amazing news for semiconductors. Uh, I, I definitely think the reason why we're so bold up is that it was a revenue acceleration guide, um, a huge absolute dollar increase, and just a bullish call in the industry in general, right? Um, yeah. About and, as bullish as you can be. And, and they're talking about margins going up as well, right? They're taking prices up. They're taking um, revenue up. They're beating the industry. They're gaining share. It's it's the whole, whole spectrum of things. You know, the, the spending that I'm – probably like is the most eye-opening is they're spending more on 28 nanometer and older technologies this year than they ever have in the past if their you know 20 percent number is, re- is is what they actually end up doing right more they're spending more on 28 nanometer than they did when they actually ran 28 nanometer which is just like what yeah that's that's uh that gives the credence to the the lagging edge becoming more important or i mean i would say most people can appreciate lagging edge being much more important after this year of auto auto shortages, but lagging edge is going to be much more important going forward because it's going to be the mainstream driver for most tech that doesn't cost a ton of money. Um, And historically, no one cared because we always had extra capacity. And this last year, we did not have extra capacity. So we are kind of doing green and brownfield additions to lagging edge, which I would 20 nanometers and above. Is that fair? Um, So that's cool. That like what more could you ask for your old chips being in demand too? Like it's not just the newest stuff. It's like, no, 2000 air chips are like, hell yeah, we want some more. So, um, really bullish on the leading edge, really bullish on the lagging edge. Pretty much, um, what's going on is that TSMC is, is making a bullish call on the entire industry. I think they believe that the secular story is in play. I, I, I do believe that, you know, there, there will eventually be another cycle, but TSMC is more than happy to be, to, to add a lot of capacity against that. So, yeah. Um, the really interesting thing is that, uh, you know, in, in the past, TSMC's biggest driver was smartphone, and that's that's completely shifted. As, as we all know, smartphones haven't really gone up in volume. They've gone up in, uh, you know, content just because 5G, but, you know, that story has been playing out and it continues to play out. But really the big drivers are, you know, HPC on the leading edge, so, you know, all your 5 nanometer, 7 nanometer, 3, nan- 3 nanometer, and then IoT Automotive, uh, those are those are really driving lagging edge, right? To to you know huge proportions, and of course, lagging edges include. There's lagging edge content in in most HPC and smartphone as well. Yeah, you're not just you know your power management IC is just not going to be 
done on five nanometer. Like that's a, that's just a waste of silicon. Um, and actually, we were at the presentation for Semicon. Uh, well, I don't know if you were there. They're talking about how RF uh, RF um, actually doesn't benefit from scale like it did all the way up until twenty eight nanometer, or I think maybe twelve nanometers. No, not twelve nanometer. But like there there is trade offs with leading edge that doesn't happen with lagging edge. Not everything needs to be a leading edge processor. Um, and that is definitely a story we're going to hear going forward because why make the latest and greatest when all you need it to do is its job well done and cost efficient. So, And, and you know, the, the term lagging edge feels very insulting sometimes as well yeah. because, you know, in fact, three nanometer is complete dog wash for, you know, for RF. It's, it's terrible for, you know... CMOS image sensors, which, you know, is another area that TSMC is trying to break into. It's, it's terrible for, you know, a lot of IoT applications. It would consume more power, cost more, and not be as good at the task for, you know, many applications. Mm-hmm. Is, do you think 28 nanometers like the sweet spot? Because that's, that's like the, t- yes. the Moore's Law, FinFET crossover. Like, that's the, I definitely feel like the 22, 20, 28 nanometer at Japan is not... Like, it's chosen for that reason. Right, and it's a JV with Sony, right? So the, the there's a new fab in Japan going up, and it's going to be a JV with Sony and some other Japanese firms as well, but mainly Sony and, and a couple of the automotive guys. And, you know, they're, they're choosing 28 and 22 nanometer there because that is sort of the optimal point in in cost. So so people talk a lot about, you know, transistor cost, Moore's Law scaling, you know, dro- dropping transistor cost. Well, that sort of has plateaued, and depending on how you measure it, right, whether you include design costs, mass costs, and your, your volume assumptions, either that's broken down completely at 28 nanometer or all the way at 7 nanometer. It just really depends a lot on how much volume you're doing and, you know, your design costs, um, mass costs, et cetera, right? So if you, if you don't have Uber Apple volumes, you are paying more per transistor scaling beyond 28 nanometer. Mm-hmm. So why bother? Okay, so... The thing that I really want to kind of suss out is like, do you think TSMC is buying the secular bull case, like the secular case of semiconductors? Because it really does feel like it. They are doubling down at even more. Um, it is a deceleration in terms of capex spend, but it is not. It is not a small number at all. Forty percent spend year over year is a meaningful number, and um, this is while their invest their their competitors are starting to invest heavily too. Especially Intel. Intel is the the, the one fab that is trying or wannabe foundry rather that is trying to push ahead at a higher speed and tsmc is like no we're number one and we're not going to let you catch up is that fair yeah that's 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 very fair um in terms of r d right there 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 isn't a big gulf in spending actually intel probably spends more on process r d than than tsmc but in terms of you know shovels on the ground fabs it's it's tsmc is making sure they're on a scale that no one else can touch and you know in this business scale is everything mm-hmm. um if you're subscale you're you're not going to be able to be profitable um we, we still haven't seen samsung really update their logic capex you know they're very disciplined on the memory side but i totally expect they'll they'll go a little harder you know now that they've seen what tsmc is going to do you know korean government these chables there's going to be some sort of conversation and it's like if they if we build it, they'll come, and that's the that's the attitude t- uh, Samsung's had for a while, right? They've they've built it, and they're like, then they, then they worry about backfilling that capacity later. Whereas TSMC is doing things, and Intel's doing the same thing as Samsung, right? If we build it, they will come, and TSMC is doing the opposite. It's not that if we build it, they they will come. They're saying we're only going to build it if you come. If you, pay, de- if you pay ahead of time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're demanding prepayments, right? They're like, hey, 
we were, we're the, you know, so they sort of almost spreadsheet their customers and try and come up with growth for, uh, estimates themselves. They talk to them heavily and they're like, okay, well, you know, AMD is going to grow another 50% this year in capacity or 60%, whatever, whatever that number is. They, they, they talk to every customer and when a customer's like, no, you know, we want more than that. They're demanding prepayments. Mm-hmm. And so they've collected prepayments from Qualcomm, from, from NVIDIA, from MediaTek, right? These companies are growing like mad and they want to grow more, right? So TSMC is saying, no, we'll only build it if you make sure we, yeah, so you buy it. So they're being bold. I think they're being really bold and bullish, but the, the prepayment is, is the put underneath it, if it makes sense. It says, hey, this is not like, this is not fake revenue. Um, there is something here that is giving us this demand. I, um, I think that's really interesting, and and we talked about that. We've talked about this a lot. AI startups feel dead just because they can't get any supply. But like, you know, Nvidia probably wants more capacity. AMD probably wants more capacity. It's really crazy to me that like all these companies that are close to their customers with their with their products are still kind of capacity strained. Like, we still cannot buy MSRP GPUs. It's been years. Or consoles, yeah. yeah or so, consoles, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So, so the 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 really interesting thing, one of these interesting stories, is AMD, right? You know, everyone retroactively would be screaming, "AMD, why didn't you secure more supply? Like you could have grown, you know, if they had more supply, they, they would have sold every yeah. chip." Yeah. But you know, so what's interesting is AMD is never underestimated Intel. They they expected Ice Lake server to launch in nineteen, never did, and they expect and so they expected Rome to you know be battling a volume Ice Lake. They expected Sapphire Rapids to launch, you know, this year or last year, um, and they planned accordingly. And they planned to, for Genoa, their next generation data center, to be battling Sapphire Rapids and the in the you know the next successor after that, Emerald. But instead, they're really you know they're ramping at the same time as Sapphire. So so they've really underestimated their 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 competition or overestimated their competition in a you know very conservative way. But at the same time, they're, 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 so they weren't securing as much capacity as we'd like. But, you know, it feels to me that, you know, even, even with that conservativeness, they're still growing 40, yeah. 50, 60% capacity every year. And that's, that's going to continue. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, what I, my take on this at least is financially, this company was a going concern five years ago. And uh, all of a sudden they have cash and they are just not willing to throw down the big numbers for, for prepayments in a way that I think a company that didn't have like almost a life ending uh, crisis, right? Like, yeah. yeah, right. Like NVIDIA is more than willing to yellow down all this money because they never had a crisis where it's like, no, and AMD was like, you know, single digit share price, very financially distressed at one point. Um, and now they did the they did the finan- uh, they did the technical turnaround, but I don't think they have really appreciated all the financial benefits that have come with it. You know, they're like, we would like to build a war chest. Um, yeah, and, then, and, and the, the Xilinx acquisition yeah. also screams that they they didn't AMD's, AMD's you know that they fully believed their stock was valued a little too high when they made that acquisition of Xilinx and it was way too cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and Xilinx was overpaid for, you know, especially when you consider, you know, that's, that's way it's, they're paying way more, you know, because they're trading stock. I've I've always wondered if they're serial guy, if they're like, cause I've always thought of them as serial underguiders, like huge underguiders where it's like, okay, I just don't believe this number. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was like, okay, is, is Lisa playing the game? You know, you know, like low expectations. And I think that everything actually points to AMD just not like really pressing down, like from a position of strength, finally got there, they're ahead, and they're not like 
pressing down the advantage. Um, yeah, it's when, it's when the, the engineering teams are aggressive as hell and they're using, you know, advanced packaging and yeah. and chiplets and everything. They're so aggressive in what they do te- technically, but the operations and, you know, finance people may not have that, you know, blood in them yet. And maybe maybe they need just like an injection of like hopium or something. Well, no, I think I think it's just something that takes a while. Like, okay, I I pray that in 2022 they're looking they're looking back at 2021 and they're like we should have got more capacity and then like they they internally benchmark themselves and say hey like what could have we done better really push our advantage Uh it's 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 you are starting to see it now though when the with them increasing prices you know 15 to 30 percent on server yeah um that's that's pretty insane and like so so a friend of mine gave told me something hilarious which is you know all these server odms original device manufacturers you could you could put their reps in a room and they would probably fist fight for more amd capacity and and obviously not you know they wouldn't fist fight but that's you know that's that's the aura they get and so they're finally recognizing that and they're like okay we're just going to increase prices 15 to 30 percent meanwhile intel is you know charging less per unit of silicon because they have to yeah they have Um, a worse product so um but that maybe transitions transitions us to Intel ramping five nodes in three years. Is that the yeah four four, four years, years yeah, four yeah. years five nodes, which is may, will be history. Uh, if, if it's, it it's groundbreaking, and some of these are nodelets, of course, right? Yeah. So you could you could argue, you know, TSMC ramped ten nodes in the last five, five years, years. <laughs> if, you, if you count like six nanometer and seven nanometer plus, and yeah. and five P, and it, it's it's you could count it sort of as you know less, but regardless, this is this is a lot of new technology ramping all at once and a lot of spending is coming down so you know let's talk about the wafer fab equipment market right because that is that is that is the interesting thing and you know we we sort of briefly mentioned it to each other before we're like no 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 let's talk about it on the podcast um tsmc is ramping spending like mad on you know on fabs but what they're spending on and what ts intel is spending on in terms of fabs is completely different Right, so Intel, by the virtue of ramping all these new nodes, on you know in, in a short period of time, their spending profile is very different from a, a TSMC who is mostly ramping nodes they already have, mm-hmm. um, and they've already worked out and they've already got yielding like crazy well. Mm-hmm. And like, where's the EV insert, insertion difference? Because like, are it's EV still kind of behind it? At Intel, uh, yeah. So, so they're 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 definitely ramping. You know, they don't have an EUV node right now, but Intel Four is all in on EUV. Uses it, you know, about as much as maybe an N5P or N4. So it's 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 definitely on an equal footing. You know, given provided it works um, as you know an N4P or an N4. But you know, yeah. And then on the other hand, the thing that definitely seems to be different is um, in 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 ramping volume manufacturing. So at least. Something that I think is really interesting right now in the semi-cap space relative, you know, the big five, just for everyone who's listening has no idea what we're talking about. Also, I need to definitely add to make sure we're, we're going over the basics. But like, you know, ASML, uh, Applied Materials, KLAC, LAM Research, and Tokyo Electron. Those are the big, that's like the big five semi-cap. They, they pretty much have 65 to 70% of spend um, every year. They are, you know, they're the grills in the industry. Um, but within that, each, each of those companies have a different bucket. ASML obviously has... The famous lithography, especially EUV, which has become an incremental, huge, huge growth story recently. But maybe going forward, I think it's it's probably topped out at least in rate of change. But then there is applied materials, which just kind of is everything. And uh, KLAC, uh, on the other hand, is mostly an inspection and metrology company. 
And so inspection and metrology actually ramp before high volume manufacturing. When you are ramping a, um, a risk node, so you're like, hey, I'm trying to figure out this process. You buy all your uh, inspection and metrology tools and you actually have much higher inspection, uh, inspection and metrology spend upfront. And then when you, when you transition that risk, to high volume manufacturing, you kind of repurpose your intent. You know, you don't need to be inspecting every single wafer as much, like, you know, less sampling, less wafers, like as long as it the process is consistent. So you can you can spread out those tools. And then on the second half of high volume manufacturing ramps, uh, you start to add more inspection metrology again. But at a lower rate total relative to total wafer fab equipment, right? So if you're if you're if you're building a factory for when you're ramping and you spend ten billion, a lot higher percentage is metrology and uh, inspection, and then and then once you've already ramped, it's sort of really low, and then you in terms of share. Um, so so that's the difference between what TSMC spending and Intel spending really is, right? TSMC is ramp is ramping a lot of nodes they already have. Of course, they're also going to ramp three, and there's going to be a lot of spend there. But a lot of this ramp is five, seven, and you know specialty technologies, and those are things they've already sussed out. Yes, they're going to have inspection and metrology in them a little bit, but not to the same degree. Whereas Intel, on the flip side of the coin. Um, you know they, they have to spend a lot more on that because they're trying to ramp all this. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to ramp f- the five nodes in four years, right? Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very different. And allegedly, uh, Intel didn't spend as much on process control historically, which may be a reason for their problems. I don't know, but that that's what's really interesting is if you look at the backlog comparisons between all the semicap companies, KLAC has a different profile than everyone else, and that might be because. Right now, you're seeing Intel ramp volume in risk so heavily that that is pulling forward KLAC into especially a 2022 um, is looking to be a really great year for, for metrology inspection relative. Um, going forward, maybe that, that evens out. Um, maybe just you know as we get smaller and smaller, we have more metrology inspection needs in general, especially on the back end of the line. That is definitely mm-hmm. the case. But on the front end of the line, probably not. Um, but right now, we are ramping all speed ahead at... Um, and, and maybe even say, uh, Samsung as well. Yeah. Because they're, 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 they're trying to get to get all around first. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but meanwhile, TSMC is kind of like sitting back on their, their laurels. Not laurels. I mean, they're, they're a pretty focused company. But 3D nanometer ramps in, Q, in early 2023, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, so they start ramping it technically in 22, but they're not spending any money. I mean, they're not shipping anything until 23. So yeah. it's effectively a 2023 note. Yeah. And, and that actually is gross margin dilutive, which is interesting. Um, so maybe in the future, the gross margin isn't going to be as good. But I really don't think that matters anymore because well, they're going to shove price down their customers. Like, they're the only game in town, man. Yeah, so, so that's, the, that's the really uh, amazing thing is like people are like, these new nudes are so, so expensive. You know, TSMC's jap- jacking up wafer price. If you talk to anyone at a fabulous firm, they're like, TSMC's, ra- you know, raising prices. Oh, my God. Like, if I want to move to 5 nanometer, it's so expensive. And it's like, did you know TSMC makes less per wafer selling a 5 nanometer uh, chip queue than they do selling a seven or twenty eight nanometer. So it, it, it's it's incredible, and they and they mention it on every call, right? Five nanometers still two Mar- years in, two years in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but that's also part of the like higher level thesis that both of us totally agree on is the semi cap intensity thing. Um, we are hitting the the end of the the benefits of physics, right? We are hitting asymptotes in the scaling processes that have um, have have already broken down uh, in a lot of ways quietly. Denards and and kind of you know traditional Moors uh, broke down in the mid two thousand tens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now as it goes forward. To get that incremental improvement, it's going to cost more. And that's really where the semi-cap intensity increases are going. So 
are we shouldn't be surprised that it costs more money to make a newer node because it is harder. It is, you know, there's more steps involved. There's way more precision involved and all these things just cost money. You have to have, um, you know, that group is killing it essentially because they have such precision uh, relative to their competitors that the only ones really focusing on like machining metal to have zero defects. Um, and so every level of precision is going to cost more money and that's going to make all of semiconductors cost more. That's mm-hmm. That's inevitable and unavoidable. Um, and, and honestly, that's the reason why advanced packaging is a thing because they're like, we can't scale in our traditional ways because we're just hitting these ridiculous um, laws of physics. Uh, so it's like, okay, we got to think, we got to think differently. So we're going to, we're going to go more to the IO uh, side of things. So um, yeah, we should expect this. This is to be expected. So to, to take a step back to a point you made earlier about sem- so semi cap intensity, right? Spending more on wafer cap, wafer fab equipment relative to how many wafers you put out. That's semi-cap intensity. The, the point we made earlier about ASML was lithography intensity in that, you know, the, the amount of dollars you put towards lithography versus other types of wafer fab equipment per wafer that you put out. So we've, we've seen this tremendous growth and we, we will see it for a little while longer, but we're pretty much hitting the tail end of lithography equipment spend growing faster than anything else. From, yeah. from these other players. Because EUV layer penetration is not going to go to 100%. Um, I think that's maybe underappreciated. Uh, we definitely got to, I don't know how many layers, but we went from zero layers to 20 layers. Uh, and that kind of rate of change is going to slow down. Maybe we'll have more layers in the future um, because we will probably have more, like the, the entire semiconductor is going to be larger, more complex, etc. But we do not need that level of precision for every single thing um, because it costs a lot of money. We're trying to uh, scale these things economically. And I think I think that's maybe underappreciated. People are chasing the last big thing. And if we look at what happens to the transistor from here going forward, what happens at three nanometer, two nanometer, etc., the scaling in terms of smaller is not happening. Yeah. You know what's happening is we're going to 3D. We're going to new materials. This drives spending at other firms. You know, you're, we're talking about you know if we're talking about new materials in your metal stack. That's applied materials all day. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about, you know, going to gate all around, that's that's going to be ASMI International, um, you know, LAM Research, you know, ALD, for, yeah, 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 these things right here, right? So it's 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 you know, you're you're spending towards ASML is sort of inflecting, and it's it's going to be a really shocking thing, I think, to markets when they see ASML is not growing faster than others. Yeah, like I, I expect ASML to grow in line with WFE. Um, it was pretty obvious they should grow extra than WFE, but, um, and, and you know, what makes me excited about this is like, there's a lot of other semi-cap, semi-cap companies in the entire world and it takes a village. Uh, it, you know, if one of the firm, if one of the critical firms, even on the smaller side was taken out, there would be a hole in, in the, in the fabrication process. Like, you know, there's always some critical supplier, some critical chemical you've never heard of because it takes thousands of steps to make a semiconductor. And lithography obviously is the, the core, the center, like operating system or like maybe not operating system, but the, the core unit that everything else is built around, but everything else is also built around it too. Like, you know, etch is just as important, especially in, in, in 3d NAND, like, um, and, and going forward, you know, ALD is going to be super important. That's definitely the new um, the new incremental market, but it's not going to be as large. 
And there's just a lot of little ways to play it. Like uh, Nova, for example, Nova Measuring Instruments has a really good uh, materials inspection. And that's kind of along the lines of the materials change um, as we go to gate all around. Okay, so maybe I feel like we've dived a little too deep. Let's let's take a step back with something something that's... Let's roll it back, yeah, yeah. So um, if... If I were an economic terrorist, which I absolutely am not, and I hope no one's listening to this, if you wanted to inflict as much harm to the world as possible, it would be blowing up a semiconductor, you know, photoresist factory in Japan or some other material supplier. I actually have a good story about this. Uh, okay. Did you know? Did you know one? I, I think it was one epoxy packaging uh, chemical got blown up in, in like the late nineties. Uh, no, I think it was nineteen eighties or something. And it, yeah, it, okay. it, it screwed like seventy percent of all epoxy. For uh, like a like a, a package, epoxy resin yeah, over the package, package yeah. over the over package, which is completely taken out, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're screwed." Yeah, uh, and they're like, we, "This will take two years to get on," and it just like put this ridiculous hard cycle for the semiconductor industry for like two years, essentially. Yeah, and you know, obviously, there's demand against it, and there's just no supply, and so that was uh, and that was like a singular factory that had a fire. Um, I tried to do some more digging on this one, but like. There are critical components out there um, that we probably have no idea about because it's there's a lot of them yeah. that, that would cause that. Like right now, for example, ABF is um, something that no, we, no one cared about, and now everyone does because we're, yeah. we're so, having so, a huge substrate. So, so ABF is basically, you know, you put your chip on top of a package, and that package a lot of times has is an ABF substrate, at least, the, you know, the fancy packages that you're thinking about. Or not fancy, but, you know, the packages that you think about, like the PC chip in your or server chip. Right and and so ABF is is the is Andrew board film I don't I don't yeah, know exactly yeah, but you know, yeah so, so, <laughs> for you, man. <laughs> so anyways this 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 there's only you know it was always a low margin business up until now right and then all of a sudden oh my god there's a shortage and you know these firms that operated in this space don't do anything you know they they weren't investing heavily right because you know Why? they've had they've had really bad margins. For a long time, and they would throw their entire industry into toll. Like they would buy investing, they would completely destroy the profit pool. Well, what's interesting is that exact same uh, relationship is happening in a lot of different places. Um, the, the most famous is memory, of yeah, course, right? Yeah. The, the DRAM guys, uh, DRAM cartel, if you will, right? Micron, SK Hynix, and Samsung. They are like. If you listen to their earnings calls, you're just like, you guys are like publicly saying, we're not increasing capacity. We're not spending more just so everyone else, you know, the, your other two we're, players don't. We're, we're like, we will spend in line with Bit Growth. And they're like, we will spend in line with Bit Growth. And then they're like, we will spend in line every quarter. Every quarter they're like. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, like getting in a back room and saying, hey, let's, let's, let's public, collude. But it's, it's, it's a public, public way to do it without collusion legal. Over, over the earnings calls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And everyone knows about it because this this market historically used to absolutely just get tanked. And what's interesting, this is actually from uh, a Gavin Baker profile. He talked about like, so there was like 60 memory uh, companies. And so each memory company had their own fab. So uh, it, it isn't like this, the, well, and I mean, memory companies still have their own fabs for the most part. Um, but it isn't like how it used to be where it's like, okay, 60 different players, there's no way you could you could do that kind of collusion. Mm-hmm. Because anyone who makes AFAB is like, okay, we got to pay for this tomorrow. Um, and so the incrementals uh, versus three is just a, a much lower amount. They already have the, the, the clean room. So it's like filling the cl- within your clean room capacity. It's much more disciplined and managed. But, but okay, but not even just memory because that's like obviously a commodity, but like... 
like my favorite thing is like PCB inspection. Yeah. Uh, you know, Camtech, for example, mm-hmm. PCB inspection company, uh, definitely did not matter. P- but obviously advanced packaging is like, oh, actually this was kind of an adjacent. Now this really matters. Um, even some of like the advanced PCBs, I think, are becoming like much more in demand. I mean, the raw wafers, right? Yeah, silicon, raw. raw silicon wafers, right? Is is yeah. a terrible business up until recently, and now you have, you know, there there could be a lot of growth in China, you know, soon. Just you know, the the, silic- the solar panel sub- sort of uh, substrate manufacturers trying to break into silicon. But regardless, there, there, before there were basically now there's like three companies that do it. Um, one is trying to buy another. You know, and the German government finally woke up and was like, maybe we shouldn't allow this. Uh, uh, global wafers purchasing Siltronic. Um, it's it's another business where it's like, hey, there's only three people. You know, photoresist for the most part. You know, with with ARF and with EUV, there's three people. Um, ARF for for context, because I'm I'm gonna definitely yeah. uh, is like an older photolithography. One ninety three nanometer. Yeah, it's pre pre EUV essentially. I'm definitely gonna try to make sure I hop in on this. Yeah, so all those kind of things are these relatively commoditized. Uh, things within the semiconductor industry, I feel like are becoming important. And I think one of the reasons why that is, is that lagging edge matters now. And and it's just like, it is a rising boat is lifting all tides. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even, even like uh, OSATs, Amcor, for example, the, the, the SIP stuff they're doing has much higher gross margin than they ever have, have had. And OSAT was historically considered um, the end of the tail whip, kind of a bad business. You think it's still a pretty bad business. I would say it's a bad business getting better. Um, but I, I think it's a great business right now, but yeah, long term, I, I mean, we have different opinions, but that's fine. But, but like, okay, I, it, I think it's a bad business getting better. But, but regardless, this, the, all these things wouldn't matter um, in the pre-Moore's Law era, or, or, we, or rather, the Moore's Law era we used to live in. And now, demand has actually skyrocketed at the most critical point of supply problems, and so everything matters. Leading, lagging, everything matters. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's like kind of indicative of everything, and it's just really—it's—it's it's a wonderful time to be an analyst of the industry because <laughs> there's so many gems and so many things to dissect. Whereas, you know, ten years ago, it would have been really fucking boring. I feel like yeah, and, and I actually think some of the, like so we're a little younger. That kind of helps us too because um, we've been only living in the post Moore's Law era, where it's like you know a lot of the extremely seasoned veterans are like this just is insane, right? This is just insane. But like, but. But if you look at it and be and truly embrace Moore's Law is over, or traditional Moore's Law is over from an economic perspective, um, everything changes. And so we've been paying attention since everything changed, and we're jazzed. So, so, so Moore's Law is over in the economic sense, as we discussed earlier. But Moore's Law is not actually over in the terms of you know double the transistors in a package every x you know two years. So double the transistors in a chip package. Is is going to continue for a while to come because of you know because of advanced packaging, right? And the, the more, there's more silicon in each you know package, right? If yeah, you look but at asterisk, data center, asterisk, asterisk, yeah. bigger package, yeah. yeah, bigger package, bigger die. So it's like it's 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 a way to make it's like doubling your cores just by making it larger um, and just like taking the heat difference on on the chip essentially and be like, okay, that's your problem. Uh, the total the total cost of ownership just you know obviously there is. Your total performance improves. It's maybe not better on, on an energy basis, but you find ways around it. You're, you're creative. You have to- well, well, making it bigger, right? Like, you know, thinking of like, 
you know, what NVIDIA has done with data center packages and what they've done to power consumption there, right? Scaling all the way to 550 watts in their largest package. And, you know, next gen is probably going to go to a thousand watts, right? Uh, you know, that, that sounds crazy. Oh my God, you guys are increasing power consumption. But it's like, well, actually we're just making the package way bigger, you know, and we're saving a lot of power because we're not communicating between many chips. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not as much slippage, which is really the, the, the point of advanced and, and one of the, one of the, you know, you know, this people are like, Hey, we're going to overbuild, we're going to overbuild, we're going to overbuild. I mean, you could just use a simple example, like, well, what is Facebook doing right now? Well, you know, classically they, they've, what they, what they've spent on data centers and what they're going to do going forward are gargantually different, right? You know, next year, they've already announced what they're going to do next year, right? 30 something billion. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember it's 65% year over year growth at the midpoint for CapEx. And, and, and why? What are they going to spend it on? Well, they're, they're, they're going to track, tra- they're going to spend it on servers, but they're tracking every single thing that you're doing on Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, analyzing it, making sure you using a ridiculously multi-trillion parameter AI model to make you stay on the app longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds nuts. But hey, they actually still suck at this. You know, like they don't know how to make you stay on Instagram Reels. You know, as well as TikTok. Um, yeah. And this is this is an arms race. Your eyeballs and their time. It's an arms race. Yeah. And AI is the uh, the the weapon that they're using. And the only way that you know the industry really understands how to make AI better is make a bigger, make a bigger model, make a bigger model, <laughs> more yeah. compute, more compute. So, so actually, let's let's roll this because I feel like we we riffed until infinity away from TSMC, which I love about we're always going to be riffing away until infinity from TSMC. But um, that's like kind of the interesting thing about TSMC's going forward and just just HPC being such a larger part of it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, TSMC up until now has been a smartphone uh, manufacturer essentially. Uh, and, and I said, uh, so I wrote up, wrote up, you know, HPC might finally be larger than smartphones. I don't think that's a given. I think they might tie maybe. It's hard. It'll take some time, but eventually it'll surpass. I, I feel like this year could be the year if HPC just goes absolutely bonkers, which is definitely possible given the Facebook guide. Um, the only the only issue with with saying HPC is absolutely HPC is literally everything, everything that is isn't smart that isn't smartphone yeah, yeah that isn't smartphone I mean just maybe that is maybe the problem of uh, classification but I, I definitely think that that's really interesting because it's it shows the shift of semiconductor content growth going forward and they talked a lot a lot about this on the call that the reason why they're so bullish because they're like hey why are you so bullish because you guys spent a ton in the last time and we still went through a cycle why are you guys so bullish this time and they're like look semi content growth on units is is growing in every every way we track except and, smartphone <laughs> yeah except well actually still smartphone yeah 5G right We're, well that's content right that, yeah. not units no oh sorry sorry yeah no but i think they said i think that Maybe I need to reread that. I think it's semi-content growth um, implying units and content. But yeah, smartphone units is starting to decelerate. Yeah. And, and they think that uh, TSMC will be just tracking in line with smartphone unit growth going forward, which historically was an amazing market to be in, right? Um, we went from no phones in 2010 to, you know, like... How many? We're at 1.4 billion a year, basically. Yeah, a year Give or take, and then the 50, and then, and then plus the total uh, ex- like fleet of phones still in existence. Mm-hmm. It's probably like three or four billion. So it's like three fourths of the world has maybe not three fourths. I don't know. A majority of the world has a smartphone. Yeah. So we went from zero to majority of the world having a smartphone. We will not replicate that, um, but we might be able to replicate that kind of unit growth in in the data center. Um, we have gotten like that. Um, up until this point, and AI obviously is the big driver to move it even higher. So 
we went from just PCs to PC plus smartphone. Then we went from just PC and smartphone to PC smartphone and HPC and, and automotive, but automotive is obviously a smaller market. But going forward, we're going to be moving to more and more markets because whenever you have that HPC, and we're going to use this as HPC as like a you know proxy catch for, all for, for data service, center, yeah. yeah. Um, that will be able to offload a lot of the, the compute and it'll kind of be like the hub and spoke model. So like the hub is the data center and then, you know, something that talks to the data center at the edge is, is able to like kind of land and expand. Like you can add more content here and it's like, Hey, now we can support a smart, uh, a smart speaker at the edge, which is insane to me because there is onboard compute at the smart speaker, but, um, if there is an outage, your smartphone, your yeah, smart speaker. So, so that's the beautiful thing about, you know, like just, just a little tangent. Like the only smart products I would actually advocate is, is, is the Apple ones, even though I don't use any Apple products is because <laughs> if, if AWS goes down, <laughs> like half of the smart speakers out there, half the smart light bulbs, like everything just stops working. Yeah. Um, which is like hilariously bad, but you know, Apple it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense as a content model, like going forward. And I think most IOT edge device people are aware of this is like, they don't want to be paying a royalty to the big, to the big clouds. Right. So they're like, okay, how can we make our, um, our edge device have enough con have enough semiconductor content and have a smart enough model to, to kind of rip out a subscription to just, um, the big three. Uh, I, I think that's that's a story that is going to be happening, but right now, obviously. What do you mean by the big three? Uh, big three, as in AWS, okay, uh, Google, Google, Google Cloud, and, and Azure, uh, and Azure. Yeah, uh, I mean maybe big four, maybe big five. Depends yeah, on who you're talking to, but um, big centralized. Oh yeah, Oracle Cloud, baby. Yeah, Oracle <laughs> Cloud. Yeah. Um, wait, didn't they do some like custom accelerator recently? Uh, I don't know about custom accelerator. Or they're a big investor in Ampere Computing, okay, which is okay, a, that, that's that CPU Neoverse ARM cores. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, I think there's uh, that that's going to be able to pro- proliferate the rest of the devices. And like, I really do believe that content growth is going to be increasing Con- content and unit growth in the rest of our lives. Um, almost most of the incremental devices you buy are just slightly more intelligent than they have been in the past. Or significantly more like, you know, like my light bulb in, in my, you know, the smart light bulb that I can tell my phone to turn on has more computing power than the Apollo supercomputer. Yeah. I mean, the Apollo, uh, you know, spaceship uh, landed on the moon, yeah. et cetera. Um, and, and, and that's in every device around you. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually absurd. And I don't think that trend stops. I mean, I feel like that that trend has been something that has been long talked about, you know, smart homes, smart devices. And we're just finally here whenever like the unit count has really kind of ripped for it. Um, it reminds me of cloud. I remember reading about the cloud in the economist when in like 2010 and I was just like, like seriously, like this is going to be a great growth market. This is going to be a great growth market, but like in absolute numbers, it was so niche and so small as a, as a percentage of the total. And now, it's 2021 and it's like that is compute essentially yeah like if you if you add up how much you know amazon google microsoft tencent baidu facebook a couple others spend and and and, and like facebook's not cloud but we we lump them in because they have the same model they have their own cloud essentially yeah yeah. because they run like three of the largest properties on the entire internet so yeah so so if you add that kind of stuff all those together they're spending more on servers than you know anyone else and, um, and, and actually, that capex in totality, and, and that capex as a percentage of sales has increased because I would argue almost one more sales over two. Um, their incremental demand 
or their incremental products are heavier compute than they used to be because mm-hmm. it's like it's not just Facebook and like hey having um, like posting on someone's wall, which is really just like you know querying a database, returning the re- the value, putting that up in the front like in a UI. No, it's like and ranking everything in order based on who when the time when it was yeah, posted. Like, yeah, that's but that, but yeah, Stone Age. Yeah, that, that's 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 not compute intensive at all. Um, but it's like hey. Were you tagged in this photo? That is compute intensive. That's insanely compute intensive. Being scanning the faces of every photo that goes on Facebook, that is ridiculously compute intensive. Um, that is a meaningfully large model that is running inference on a huge database to then find if you're in a photo or not. Um, that is not the kind of gross margin that Facebook started with. And going forward, that is, I would I would argue most of their things are gross margin dilutive. and. So far, the numbers have been right. Like semi, uh, sorry, not semi cap. I almost said semi cap. Uh, but but <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> um, no, the the spending and the capex at all the large um, tech firms have increased as a percentage of sales for a long time, and I don't see that stopping. And so, if you believe that one that continues, and two that their um, that their businesses are really healthy, which I don't think anyone would argue, then you you. That alone is an extremely strong secular market that is outside of smartphones, obviously ex-Apple, um, that should continue for a long, long time. And a trend that we're going to see, and maybe it's already started to reflect in you know, valuations, is the software service business model. You know, Those companies have not been doing well the last you know, month or two in stocks. Um, and you know, relative to semi, they're probably going to underperform for a while to come. Bold, their cost of bad, I mean, yeah, their cost of goods sold, if you think of it that way, right, is going up relative to the revenue they get because there's you know intense competition. They have to spend more on compute for the incremental dollar that they earn. Yeah. Um, you know, if, in, in, uh, if you believe that the incremental dollar they earn has some kind of AI in it, which I believe going forward that will take share. So. Semiconductors really are the AI um, like beneficiary for sure, just because of how large the models are, how much more compute intensive it is. Networking too. Yeah, networking data intensive. Well. Everything, everything yeah. intensity, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, so okay. Now I'm I'm gonna try to you know bring it back to that TSMC. <laughs> um, so your TSMC and you're seeing all these trends, and you're like, should we invest in the future? And I think the answer is hell yeah. Um, I think that every year, I mean. I'm skeptical too, and we're climbing this wall of worry together as an industry. But you you look you look at all these demand drivers, and you think, man, that's actually pretty good for semiconductors. And I would think that um, the next decade is probably better than the last decade, which is what most top down estimates believe, um, and what I believe. And and TSMC is like, okay, we believe that as well. So we have to invest to enable that, I think. The, the, the beautiful thing is they're actually not as bullish as you, you would guess on the, on the investment side, right? Yeah. If you think, okay, last year they spent $30 billion on, on FABs, on, 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 wafer, on, on just FABs in general, right? Or CapEx. This, you know, if you throw, hey, the revenue grows 15%, you know, 20% a year, you throw 15, 20% on that. Okay, fine. Um, and then you throw down... Oh wait, we we you know our customers are demanding more, so we're going to collect prepayments and, and do that. So they've collected six point seven billion dollars of prepayments. So in fact, they're only growing capex in line with revenue growth. And the, is it? Uh, no, it's faster than revenue growth. No, no, with without the prepayments, right? Oh, and then okay. If you say the prepayments pay for this additional capex, 
right? If you, if you think of okay. it that way, right? Um, so 30, 30 billion, add 15, 20% on top of that, right? So, you know, call it 6 billion more or 5 billion more. So 35 billion. And then you add the 6.7 billion of, you know, prepayments. Okay. You arrive at their 40 at the 40 billion. Yeah, yeah, 42 to 44, about, you know, roughly. It, um, so in fact, they're not actually growing CapEx, you know, in, in an aggressive way, right? They're, they're growing it aggressively on the surface level, but actually they're growing it in line with revenue plus prepayments that they demanded customers for the additional capacity that they need. Okay, and also, let's not forget that like they tend to serially uh, underguide CapEx as well. Uh, it was 20, 28 was the initial number and it came out as 30. So mm-hmm. like the 44 billion number, which on the <laughs> hand, um, I know this sounds insane. It's not too low, but can it be beat? A hundred percent, yes. I think there is a total chance, I, I, and obviously that depends on the on the market. So. The cu- some customers have thrown down prepayments, but not everyone has. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if I'm if I'm say AMD, yes, I have a fantastic relationship with TSMC, and yes, they're gonna they're gonna treat me a little bit better because I'm sort of single sourcing from them um, than than I'm an Nvidia or a Qualcomm. But at the same time, if Nvidia is throwing down six, you know, you know. Three three billion dollars of prepayments and and Qualcomm or you Money know talks. more you know Qualcomm's throwing down you know a lot MediaTek even right a, a customer that TSMC is you know basically in the back room hugging together right like kissing with like that they're they're paying prepayments AMD's probably like hey we we kind of got to do this right we have the cash on our balance sheet let's do it um, and and every customer in the in the value chain might have to do that right like you know if I'm if I'm some AI startup, hey, can TSMC, can I get some capacity? They're like, no, NVIDIA bought it all. Well, how can we get some? Uh, yeah. Pay for it. <laughs> so have, have we ever seen Fabulous pay the foundries like this before? I mean, I as far as So that as was an I exercise know, I did, right? Was I looked at Qualcomm, right? One of the biggest. I looked at, I looked at NVIDIA. I looked at... Uh, Look at AMD, uh, you know, and, and you know Marvell, like you know all of them. If you go to their each year's 10K and you look at what their supply commitments are, um, how much money they're committed, not even not even prepayments, just commitments, which are non-cancelable, non-returnable orders, basically. You know, they were they were very very small yeah. or almost non-existent because it was a until, market that always you can always get filled. It was the buyer's market. Yeah. Now it's the seller's market. Now it's right? the seller's market. Yeah. And and. Now all of a sudden you see Qualcomm has like 20 billion of commitments, right? NVIDIA has like, you know, almost 10 billion, you know, AMD even, you know, has, you know, 6 billion on their co- of commitments. It's it's absurd how much they're throwing down. And and I don't see what stops that because if you believe in the semi-cap intensity thesis, which I think is pretty reasonable to believe in, um, it's going to cost TSMC more and they are going to, you know, it's like we are, you know, they say this in calls. We are bearing the, the burden, the brunt of um, scaling at, at, with so much more capital, given that Moore's Law is, is dying or dead or whatever. And, and what happens when these cash-rich hyperscalers, Facebook, Amazon especially, you know, Google, Microsoft, Baidu, Tencent, etc., they are developing their own chips. What happens when these chips are good enough that they can scale like mad? Now, yeah. Amazon has started scaling like mad. But not, you know, they're still buying a ton from a- yeah, AMD. Yeah, this is like this literally year one for them. This is yeah, this is year one for them scaling like mad. What happens when they're like, hey, TSMC, um, we want to quadruple our CPU orders for our in-house CPU year over year, and TSMC is like, we don't have. They're like, well, we have fifty billion dollars of cash on our balance sheet. How much do you want? <laughs> is is like there is like the the conversation that almost happens, right? Um, and I, I totally could see you know prepayments coming in from. 
But these hyperscalers. Yeah, they. I mean, that's that's definitely the trend going forward. The incremental consumer is the hyperscaler, and they're they're bringing things in house. So the logical conclusion is that will happen as well. And, and maybe we see Marvell, yeah. you know, have have to bear the brunt, right? And and they they you know they sort of arbitrage between oh, you know, because Microsoft they're, and they're stuck in the middle. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you talk about that a little well, bit? Because because okay, so Marvell is really the um, is trying to become the like partner to uh, hyperscalers. So the uh, like one of their big customers is Microsoft, for example, is like, hey, we are going to co-design work with you. Uh, they're, they're trying to do this with automotive, which is going to do, um, which is starting to make chips in-house because, hey, you have enough content to justify making semiconductors. You do not have enough semiconductor uh, talent to justify pursuing this extremely high risk. And, and you don't have all the IP, right? You yeah. don't have networking IP. Yeah. Sorry, there's only like three companies in the world that have good networking IP yeah. in, in all facets, right? You don't have CPU IP, you know? We're going to build it. We're going to license it from ARM, but hey, we know how to put it together. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, these things all add up and, you know, you come with Marvel out here saying, we've got 20 tape outs for yeah. the semi-custom business in the next 18 months. And yeah, and you can trust us, we are low risk. So it's taking an extremely high risk venture, making it a JV and making it possible, and then obviously sharing the economics. J- isn't it a JV? No, it isn't a JV, it's a partnership, yeah. whatever. Um, but it, like, like think, I mentally think of it as a JV because they, they, co, they co-commit together. It's, yeah. a mean, it's, like, it's a relationship that is not, um, they don't fuck around. Like it is a hundred million dollar relationship. It's, you can that's almost think of it how how uh, Microsoft and Sony work with AMD on consoles, and that's that's going to apply to the data center and networking and so much more um, with Marvell. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I wanted to bring this back because I was going to make this point. Um, so semi cap intensity, TSMC has to bear the burden. You know what it reminds me of? Actually, it reminds me of the ASML JV uh, with Intel and TSMC whenever they're doing EUV, and they're like, "Look, we cannot spend, we cannot pay for this. We cannot." Aff- we cannot freaking afford this. Where, where Samsung, TSMC, and Intel and at one point owned what, like 20, 30% of ASML? Yeah. They were like, hey, can you guys just give us money? We'll give you stock and we'll be able to develop uh, EUV. Yeah. So honestly, same energy as TSMC ramping right now, where it's like, it's not, they're not, obviously they don't get stock, but they're like, will you give us prepayments and then we will ramp um, capacity? Yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, because it's 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 like when the economics of this business um, are so overwhelming and people have to come together, like that's the same. Except for Apple, because Apple is just you know yeah they, they, can, they, they, they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, Apple treats their suppliers horribly. Um, like and that's like shit, yeah. like even TSMC is not getting you know the best terms with Apple. Yes, they raise prices with them slightly, but way less than everyone else. And yeah. Apple's like, hey, we want about one hundred and twenty thousand to one hundred fifty thousand wafers per month of. TSMC four nanometer or five nanometer technologies, you know, by 2023, you know, because we're ramping our modems, you know, Mac in-house, obviously the iPhone, um, you know, all of these, you know, Apple, all these different vectors that they sell into. And they're like, we're just going to design all of the silicon ourselves, double our capacity, right? And, and TSMC is like, okay, no prepayments needed, but everyone else, if you want to double your capacity, because you give us money. Because you can ramp like almost an entire node on it. Like, like Apple, just by the Apple being a customer is like, hey. It, the risk is off the table. Well, if you if you look historic, like at five nanometer, Apple was ninety percent of the volume plus for the last two years, mm-hmm. um, and they, they fall. You know, they're going to slowly start falling, but as as others enter that shift. But yeah, they they're they, five nanometer synonymous with Apple. You know, in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Okay, so. I'm I'm gonna try to maybe maybe get the concluding remarks on on uh, obviously our ridiculous mm-hmm. ramble about semiconductors, <laughs> but um, just uh, you know TSMC in general, like 
what do you high level like how does this how does the earnings mm-hmm. call make you feel uh the outlook just you know the vibe what do you think what do you think they're thinking about um would you go first I'll, I'll go second i guess just um so tsmc is trying to swallow the world but they're doing it very conservatively yeah. you know they're 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 taking orders from everyone, and if you're not, you know, a dependable customer, they're going to make you pay for it beforehand or commit with non-cancelable, non-returnable. Um, you know, they're 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 they want to own the world, and that includes making Intel a captive customer eventually. Even though Intel's trying to not do that, right? They they are taking such a long-term view with these things. Um, you know, going, you know, trying to grow through cycles and maybe make this a whole sec- a secular market, right? Uh, you know, as wild as it set, as it sounds. They're trying to not overbuild really, really hard. Um, and the, what they've done to contract terms with their customers and what they see is, is, is them basically taking precautions to make sure they don't overbuild while they gain share and while they build out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's a bold, like the, the thing that really ended the, like, the, the call for me is like they just guided to accelerating revenue. Like that is the thing that just blew my mind. This is the largest foundry in the entire world. And they just guided to an accelerating revenue. Obviously, a meaningful percentage of that is the price increase. But at the same time, that price increase will not be completely taken by the fabulous companies on on the chip. Um, they will like a fabulous company has no choice but to pay because they really are the only high volume game in town. Mm-hmm. But you know what that says is like this is scarce. This is important. Your stuff's critical, but we're the only ones who can do it. And so the fabulous companies are going to turn around and do the exact same to their customers, I think, too. So um, I feel like it's a really bold outlook. Like, it, it felt really bold. Like, 20, 2021 was about as good as a year could get in semiconductors. It's, it was the fastest growing in terms of um, in terms of revenue since the financial crisis. It was the fastest growing in semi-cap since the financial crisis. Or maybe, actually, no, WFE shock in 17 for 3D NAND beats it out, I think. As a if, if you're talking only NAND. I yeah, think no, no, no. I think, I think total percentage. It was really capital intensive. We had like a 60% year? Something like that. Uh, okay. It was pretty nutty. Okay, but anyways. It, but like, okay, broad-based growth, broad-based strength, um, as strong as it could be. And they say, yeah, but next year, going to be even better. I think that really... Um, kind of surprised me i'm a huge bull but that that bullish tone is like wow i guess i'm not bullish enough um it really it's it's pretty bold um and 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 even in this environment of worrying over supply over capacity event when uh, it's always a year from now but i unless I, you're morgan stanley then it's three months yeah. from now <laughs> okay dude, love, love. um but but <laughs> but um when it, you know despite all this we we still can't buy gpus or consoles you know, we can't build cars. We yeah, can't, we can't you know, build cars. I walked into you know Best Buy and tried to buy a laptop, and I had to go through four laptops before they had one in stock. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's insane. Like you can't. We're at such a capacity, and like I don't know what changes it because, like for example, the automotive shortage. You're like, oh, it's going to be solved. It's going to be solved when, right? But like GPUs were like, oh, don't worry. A year from now, we'll put on enough capacity yeah. so that you can get a GPU. It's a, it's and, and the data center market, by the way, is worse. Yeah, if you look at what's worse. happening in networking, you cannot get a new uh, networking card at 200G or 400G unless you, you know, have made some crazy commitments. Yeah, so it's like, what stops it? Like, what, what, I mean, the demand has just been so shocking and it's it's been growing at a rate that we have not seen in a long time in the industry. And it's not just from one source or one cycle. Um, 
I'm really bullish. And Semiconductors are going to grow faster than the economy. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. End of story. Historically, it was 1.5 times is the is the nominal GDP relationship. Uh, we definitely. I, th- I think there's. We think a we accelerate. Yeah. I think. I mean, we have accelerated. We have accelerated, but like it's kind of scary to be like two x and and GDP, but like. I mean, 2020 was it was a negative year for GDP, right? Yeah. And, and you know what's really interesting is uh, crises tend to accelerate change. So secular markets actually uh, tend to grow faster. Like that's something, you know, I've been told, you know, over my history lesson of, of investing across all kinds of markets. And we saw e-commerce, you know, accelerate. Obviously, there's a little bit of a snapback, but, you know, it, it pushed the adoption curve forward um, for what will eventually be the end state. And um, I think it's really telling that, 2020 pushed the adoption curve forward for semiconductors and it didn't come. There was no snapback. Um, it, I think this is clearly a secular trend. Like it's like, just get on board. It's a secular trend. Like there, it, obviously there is the, uh, the supply driven problems that historically was part of the industry, but we're so demand shocked. There, like, there will, I mean, look at, look at DRAM. There will be cycles, but DRAM cycles have never been, they haven't been negative since, since uh, 16? Yeah. Uh, 17? I don't remember no, exactly. No, 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 no. no. There was, it, it was like a negative free cash flow. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It will never. I, I don't think we'll have negative free cash flow cycles again. Um, I, I just think that. For some, the big boys, at least. Yeah, for the big boys. Something's changed in demand. Um, no one really knows what it is. I mean, we have some ideas. We talked a ton about what those ideas could <laughs> AI, be. AI, smart cities, yeah. manu- smart manufacturing, Content, automotive, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. can talk all day. Yeah, yeah. We obviously have have some inklings. But Go no, talk to uh, one of the consulting firms, right? Like uh, yeah. KPMG. And yeah. just, it's buzzword city. And yeah, all of those yeah. buzzwords are real. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's for real. Um, and I think that the TSMC guide really made me like be like, whoa, this is like for real, for real. Like, you know, like it, it, it's it's the most important company in the world. In ter- and and they, they like, you know, they confirmed it. So I, that's that's what I feel like was the takeaway for, for earnings. But yeah, we have a ton of earnings to come up. We're going to have Intel soon, which I think will be a blowout probably for CapEx. As, I, mean, I mean, they already said 25 to 28, but, you know, they, 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 they have to be like, Pat Gelsinger's probably like, we're not getting one up. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then also <laughs> ChipSack still hasn't got passed. Yeah. Once chip, they, their 25 to 28 billion is gross. Of um, so that means if, the, or, or if if chip sacks passes every dollar of subsidy they get they're increasing capex they've said that very clearly um, so you know if chips act is uh, you know call it thirty it's forty five percent on tools forty percent on tools forty percent on tools yeah so call it thirty percent total capex you could you could measurably raise Intel's capex by thirty percent in the U S yeah based on their statement and if Chips Act passes and it, that also applies for four companies investing in the United States mm-hmm. as long as the tools purchased and used in the United States so um, that's another that's another area of torque there's actually even a Chips Act for the EU that looks like it's going to be like semi recommended it very similar mechanics. Um, we still haven't had any national fabs come online, friends. Like that—that's obviously the overcapacity fear worries. But despite that, give me an MSRP GPU. Give me a freaking car, right? Like until then, I will not believe that this is this is over. So, um, yeah, supply-driven market historically now seems to be a demand-driven market. Once the products are there, then we can have the inventory correction. Yeah. Then we can have the cycle slow down, right? Yeah. So we're yeah, like, we're steps away. Yeah, and I would love to say that I will be on top of it. I hope we are, but just 
show me the inventory. Like, I know there are some areas of inventory build, but it's like, we cannot get MSRP anything. Like, until then, we're clearly just a demand shock. So, so, so thanks for joining us on uh, yeah. the Chip Chat. This is, uh, this, you know, this is Chip Chat by Transistor Radio. Yeah, Chip uh, Chat by Transistor Radio. Intel has Chip Chat, but we're... This is just we're co-opting it. We're Sorry, co-opting guys. it. Yeah, um, I, I would like to think we're just more jazzed about chips than them. So, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Have you have you seen Pat Gelsinger? He's like a crusader yeah. going to war. I love. I love. He has a holy purpose, dude, and I'm I'm really about that. As an as an American who could use some more domestic um, chips, I'm I'm so about it. I love Pat Gelsinger's energy. He is the right guy for the turnaround. He is like. He's just like clear eyes, full heart. Let's go! Like I do not clear care. Eyes, full heart, can't lose. Yeah, can't lose. He's just like he's like numbers. What? Like I don't care about your EPS. And honestly, that's what has needed to happen. And we're gonna we're. I mean, Intel's next, gonna lose a lot of money in the next. You know. Yeah. At least on a. On a that is most know, definitely the next podcast for sure. Yeah. Zero yeah. percent. That's a hundred percent what it is. There's we cannot talk about anything else. I'm sure we'll talk about some other things, but but definitely like yeah, it's 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 a crazy time. And TSMC is called. Um, Definitely confirm that. Uh, Doug O'Loughlin at Fabricated Knowledge. Dylan Patel at Semi Analysis. Yeah, this is our first pod, and we're super excited for you guys to be along uh, along the ride for the journey. So thanks for listening. Um, take care, guys. Peace.